I've heard a lot about people's mindsets when it comes to wealthy people, poor people, even my parents when I was younger, there were some comments that they would make about nice cars and it would always be like, wow, check out that Ferrari. So initially there was that childlike, like impressive, like, whoa, look at that machine. But then immediately there was that thing that kicked in. It's like, oh, but they must be this type of person. They must be greedy. They must be an asshole or, or they couldn't have earned it. They must have got it from someplace or gotten lucky. So there's all these things that were trying to justify the reasons why we didn't have it rather than just being like, congratulations. How can we ever attract something that we put so much negative emotion against? Like if you hate wealthy people, you are subconsciously blocking yourself of ever being wealthy because you don't want people to hate you. So it's never going to happen. All right, I think we're live in the Facebook group. What's up, everybody? Go ahead and say hello in the chat and welcome to another episode of the Diamond Life Mentor Podcast with my special guest, Jess. How do you say your last name, by the way? Bellafato. Bellafato. Okay, Jess Bellafato. It's so great to have you here. And we're going to be sharing a little bit about Jess's journey in the online space and the high ticket affiliate marketing space. And I'm really, really excited to hear your backstory and share with everybody where you come from, all the things you've been through in your life that has now led you to being massively successful online in the top 1% of all income earners on the internet, which is very, very, very exciting. So let's talk about it. I'll pass it over to you, Jess. Share a little bit uh, with us about your upbringing and your life before deciding to get started in the online space. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I am a 50-year-old um, mom of three. I am originally from Brooklyn, New York. I grew up with, uh, you know, totally blue-collar, uh, bordering on being super poor. Like, we were on the free lunch program at school. We, you know, we were on welfare for a while. Like, just really didn't have a lot at all. I was taught that rich people are assholes <laughs> and, and different from us, right? Like, like we are not the same type of person. Um, I majored in dance at New York University, went to New York City and uh, wanted to be a dancer, got super uh, obsessed, fell in love with yoga and turned that around, realized I was not an urban, an urban dweller, did not want to be anywhere in a New York City vibe and um, started teaching yoga. So I taught yoga full time for uh, literally the past almost 30 years and have been pretty much, you know, an entrepreneur. I never I never worked a nine to five. I never worked in corporate. I never uh, had to answer to anybody else. I owned a brick and mortar yoga studio for 18 years. And I was always like figuring out like, OK, how can I? I lived in a seasonal resort community. I lived on the eastern end of Long Island in an area called the Hamptons, which many people have heard of. It's kind of famous in the, you know, and uh, celebrities and 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 just uber wealthy. Um, so for that reason, I was able to make a decent living in the service industry as a yoga teacher. I also became a paddleboard instructor. So I was teaching paddleboarding and paddleboard yoga and sunset paddles and all this super fun stuff, yoga retreats. From the outside looking in, people were like, you know, sort of envious, like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you own your own yoga studio, you get to kind of travel around and teach all these retreats. But as I was getting older, I was just super, super burnt out. 
And there was definitely a feast or famine cycle of like New York, you know, you live in New York, it's cold, like the summer season is super short. And it was like, I would cram in, you know, seven days a week, 10, 12, 13, 14 hour days running around teaching yoga to um, uber wealthy people, spend seven hours on the water paddling, driving a trailer boards over my head and I'd make decent money, you know, but at a certain point in time, I got really burnt out and I was like, this is just not sustainable. So about seven years ago, I jumped into a low ticket network marketing company selling essential oils. And I thought that was my ticket to freedom. And for four and a half years, being a really hard worker that I am, I hustled my butt off, my ass off. I can curse, right? Yes. And <laughs> you know me, I, I dropped some curses <laughs> here and I there. I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> um, yep. So for four and a half years, I did that. And I was like winning the incentive trips. I was a top enroller. My income level was essentially capped out literally four and a half years in at about 2,500 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And that was a good month. And I was like, whoa, like something is just not right. <laughs> like this just mm -hmm. does not work. Like maybe it works for some people, but it's definitely not working for me for like all of my efforts and all of my blood, sweat and tears. I had been eyeing uh, Enagic for years, actually. I had seen come across a few women online. I actually thought that it was a business for young people. Because the women I saw were on like Instagram, they had big followings, they're running around in Hawaii with, you know, bikinis on and, you know, and making 30K, 40K, 50K months. So I actually dismissed it for that reason. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until I saw some other women and some other like demographics and Brooke W. March and uh, Elena Nath and then Louise Millman, who I wound up joining in with that I was like, okay, let me check this out because what I'm doing isn't working. That's quite the story and uh, really, really excited to dig into this a little bit further. So when we had met in Vegas and chatted, one of the things that I found really interesting uh, that you shared with me was that polarity between your upbringing. You mentioned you were uh, poor and had a lot of uh, challenges around money in your family and so on. And then you went on to become someone who was essentially helping people that were uber, uber wealthy in the Hamptons with things such as your yoga instructions and services. So tell us a little bit about that. What did it feel like to go into those spaces and hang around those types of people? Just share a little bit about how that made you feel about them, about yourself, about the circumstances and, and talk us through that a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, it was like I, I was I'm super grateful to have lived like right now. I'm actually in Nicaragua where I'm spending um, my my youngest, my 10 year old goes to school here and we live here now part time. I was always super grateful to live where I lived. I live in a super beautiful place. Um, and you know, the beaches and, and just nature. And it's a really beautiful place. It's also obviously like there's this huge disparity between the haves and the have nots mm. and to walk into these homes where there are, you know, four nannies and the chef and three housekeepers and the massage therapist and the driver and the guy that washes the cars and like all of this stuff and have it be like, so in your face, I had to like, kind of put a wall up and be like, okay, it's okay that I don't have that. Like, I, it's okay, I don't need that. I don't need that, I don't need that. Like, and then it was more of like creating this, this, um, this gap or this, this, this barrier between me and that. And it was so in your face and so much opulence and so much beauty and so much luxury, but it's like, it was, you know, to look at that kind of wealth still now for me, I'm like, that is, it's not, 
it's so it seems so unattainable. Mm. <laughs> and I just had to kind of be like, OK, I'm cool. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a hippie girl. Like I'm a jungle girl. Like I'm a beach girl. Like, I, you know, I can be barefoot. Like, I don't I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. So I was constantly sort of pushing it away, mm-hmm. even though there was a part of me that really, really wanted it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I would say like, well, they're not that happy. They're not that happy. And I'm a yoga teacher and I know how to find peace and I don't ha- I know how to be happy. And I've done all these practices. So they're, they're not that, you know, they're all fucked up over there. <laughs> money, some, of, some, of some of them probably are. Some of them are for yeah. sure, without yeah. a doubt. And some mm-hmm. of them are, you know, living the life and they're mm-hmm. super happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just had to kind of always create this separation that was keeping me further away from what I actually wanted to attract to me. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense in terms of how I think the majority of the population operates because there's this coping mechanism that we develop as people where if you really want it that badly and that comparison and things like that, it will ruin your own gratitude and happiness because it's like never enough and there's more there and and why don't I have that? And it kind of creates your own misery. So I do definitely see what you mean by creating the wall, going there, focusing on being grateful that you have a job that they provide for you and like looking on the brighter side and not making it this thing of like, well, I'm a part of this bigger operation in this family that even though I play my part, it feels some type of way. So I could see that or else you'd probably be unpleasant to be around or giving them attitude or, you know, this kind of stuff. So I could see that. However, on the flip side, I could also see it being something that is pushing away any sort of wealth and abundance and prosperity for yourself to go further closer, I guess, to that direction, Uh, which I found very fascinating when you share that with me, because I've heard a lot about people's mindsets when it comes to wealthy people, poor people, even my parents when I was younger, there were some comments that they would make about nice cars and it would always be like, wow, it would be really weird because my dad would be like, wow, check out that Ferrari. So initially there was that childlike, like impressive, like, whoa, look at that machine. It's epic. And it's one of the nicest ones on the planet. And it's worth a lot of money and it's fast and all the things that you, you like about it. But then immediately there was that thing that kicked in. It's like, oh, but they must be this type of person. They must be greedy. They must, you know, step on people or... um they must be an asshole or, or they couldn't have earned it. They must have got it from someplace or gotten lucky. So there's all these things that we're trying to justify the reasons why we didn't have it rather than just being like, congratulations. I'm sure you worked hard for that. I'm sure you helped a lot of people with your products or services or your business that then rewarded you with being able to purchase the car. But that's like another level of awareness and consciousness to to appreciate it in that way, especially when you don't personally have it. So that was always what I was confused about as a kid is I'm like, why does my dad seem to be always excited about nice stuff? And then a second later, it was the worst thing ever. And I'm like, how can we ever attract something that we put so much negative emotion against? Like if you hate wealthy people, you are subconsciously blocking yourself of ever being wealthy because you don't want people to hate you. So it's never going to happen. But then you're all pissed off and frustrated that you want it to happen. So I can see that. But the way you explain your story, I'm like, whoa, that's like right in it. That's not like looking at it on TV or a magazine. You were like in the house with the people, like front row seats. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So 
Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So now you had that experience, et cetera, et cetera. You got involved with low ticket, which was a step in that direction. And you clearly were taking action to start creating more success, wealth, abundance for yourself and freedom. It didn't really work out the way you thought and you made this transition. So what have you done in terms of mindset work or money work or personal self-work on yourself to get rid of that past 30 years that you experienced front row? Like, has there been anything that has helped you shift your perspective around the people that you used to um, employ you for your services with yoga and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I've done a ton, ton of work. <laughs> I've invested thousands at this point in time, thousands and thousands into various coaches and healers and plant medicines and um, nervous system regulation to be able to like hold more abundance and emotional freedom technique and, you know, just different, yeah, different, different coaching containers. Um, and the work continues because it's very easy for me to slip in and slip out and slip in and slip out. And it's still, you know, it's like an ongoing, like daily process mm -hmm. for me, for sure. Um, was there something specific that really helped you have like a significant shift or I know how it works with personal development, everything stacks on top of each other, but was there any one experience or one plant medicine journey or something where you're like, Whoa, I get it. Like I never saw it like that before. Anything along those lines you can share? I actually think that in Vegas when, uh, the day, the, the last morning of the limos. So I'm like a little bit shy by nature. And like, I have, you know, like I've been around like tons of celebrities. I, I assisted John Bon Jovi and downward facing dog 25 years ago. <laughs> I'm not funny. really, but I was actually nervous, a little bit nervous to meet you. And I was walking through the lobby of that hotel and I've never been in Vegas and it's like, so not my vibe. And I was like, Whoa, like these people are just like, it's 9am and they're like smoking <laughs> cigarettes and like, you know, like on the slot machine. And, um, I think I walked up to you. I was like, okay, there's Balaj. I have to like introduce myself. And I walked up to you and I, I think I might've said something along the lines of like, you know, I'm Jess Bellafato. I'm, you know, I'm under, you know, this person, this person in the business, and you're going to be seeing me a lot more. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like you're going to be seeing me a lot more. And then I, um, the, the limos were being like, you know, the limos were outside and people were like, well, like check out these like ginormous. And I kind of was like, I'm getting in that limo mm -hmm. <laughs> with, with him mm -hmm. <laughs> and the other people in this business that are like kill, like crushing it. So that idea of like proximity is power. And then you said something in that limo, which was essentially like, and I think it was when we were chatting, like, you know, that kind of like the people that I've worked with in my life, um, have you know they were a lot of them yeah were born into it like they mm -hmm. you know we, we even have like in in our in the town that i live in it's like it's like you know the old money like the old money like they're you know the rockefellers like the, i mean they're born in, and and it's so there was no amount of crunching numbers in my head like how many yoga classes do i need to teach at and i charge you know at 300 bucks an hour how many yoga classes at 300 an hour at 7 days a week at you know june july and august there was no amount of money that could even come close to the kind of wealth that would put me in in a, you know a beach a beach cottage let alone a beach mansion like i couldn't even get a a studio cottage on the beach in my hometown um for the amount of money I was like crunching in my head. And mm -hmm. you said something about around this, you know, the creating wealth in our space as being like, it's attainable. Mm -hmm. Anybody can do it. 
Mm-hmm. And that was like a light bulb moment for me that started to shift things. Um, and then coming into the coaching program a couple months later and yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really massive. I think the part that you got to keep in mind too, is that a lot of the examples that people see with old money is an example of what we aspire to start creating, but we're like the first generation of that. So mm-hmm. technically the stuff that we see, we compare like, how do they have this and how do they have that? It's like, this is like four five, six generations later that they're living life that way. So if you think about just compounding in business with money, with investments and real estate prices and inflation and all these pieces over 150, 250 years, some of these old money people, it's like so many generations and we're first generation doing this. So it's like, we can't even expect to attain that necessarily until 30, 50, 100 years down the track, which is going to be like our kids' kids experiencing what we're starting. And so that is what I think about all the time is like, we are the ones in our generational uh, lineage that have made different choices to go in a new direction. Just like those families at some point in history also had that person, but now they're It's like great, great, great grandpa did X and he's the hero and we just benefit from it all these years later because they set it up the right way, which super inspiring for me. But yes, it could be definitely in your face and hard to like comprehend. So thank you for sharing all that. I know it's not uh, common for me to be talking to somebody who's had that in inexperience. And now you are like basically transitioning out of that to create your own story, your own success. And it's just going to be so powerful. So I hope you write a book one day or really share this like polarity because I think it's really fascinating and and unique and different. So let's fast forward a little bit. So then you switched from low ticket, you found high ticket, you got started. And how long ago was that? And what has your experience been like making that shift? Because I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast are either in low ticket now and they haven't made the change yet or they are already made that leap and they're running into some challenges with how it used to be versus how it is now. So what has your experience been like compared to low ticket to now high ticket? Uh, Yeah, so I came into this business April 1st, 2021, and I was heading into my busy season in the Hamptons. So I had said to my sponsor, like, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't depend on me right now. Like, I'm just kind of going to, come in here. And like, I want the water anyway. I want to start drinking the water and, you know, I'm going to take it slow. There was a mentorship starting. I jumped into the mentorship. I was like, okay, fine. Like, you know, a little bit like, okay, I was super burnt out. I was a little bit like, just kind of needed a break from my previous low ticket business, but the mentorship sort of got me fired up. And within the first 30 days, I brought in a trifecta sale, my first business partner, and then it was, you know, it was it was kind of up and up and down a little bit. Um, but I knew that my consistency would be key. And I knew that just continuing to share and continuing to show up every single day and like constantly learning new skill sets, like even though I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, even though I was in low ticket network marketing, the whole way of building this business online was actually completely new to me. Um, the social media skill set, the marketing, the the branding, like all of it was really, really new. And I just continued to learn and implement. Like, you know, we say it's like a plug and play system and earn while you learn. And I just kept showing up. I hit um, that 6A rank within 18 months um, organically, which was a decent amount of time, not, you know, not, not too fast, not too slow, kind of average, I guess. But I kind of got to that point and felt like I hit I hit a brick wall 
and things really slowed down right after that. And I was like, okay. And I'd been resisting it and resisting it and resisting. It. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do ads now <laughs> because <laughs> I need something else. Like I felt like I had tapped out my, my warm market, um, a little bit. And so I started launching into that and learning ads and that's been, you know, quite the process as well, but mm. things just, yeah. I mean, I can see now the momentum and I can see like bringing in new team members and, um, just kind of you know, becoming, stepping into leadership. That's been my next thing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, sort of like uh, reluctantly, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I know how to do all that work myself, but then I'm like, well, are they going to be able to do that work? Or am I going to be able to guide them and lead them into doing that work? So that's right. been the next level of things. Yeah, that's really powerful. And so when you were building your business and you came to the event in the summer, where were you at then mentally speaking around, were you in a positive momentum? Were you kind of stuck? Were you looking for a, a shift? Cause you mentioned that you had a shift when you saw me in the limo and we had some conversations and yeah. I'm sure you had many other breakthroughs too over the course of that event. But um, where were you at in like leading into that event? And then like, what has happened in the last little while that also made you want to join my mentorship and get more access to what we do inside the blueprint? I think that I've been looking at your mentorship for a while and I was sort of resisting, resisting the, the investment. And I was like, oh, I've invested in, you know, into this over here and this over here. And, and I tend to jump into things. I can be super impulsive. I don't normally have an issue like spending money. So I'm like, okay, I'll just do this. And I'll just, and then I, my, you know, I'm like a manifesting generator. Right. So I'm like all over the place and like that goes undone and that goes undone and, and that money, you know, so I had actually jumped into your accelerator program uh, probably a year prior. And I think I got through like module one and part <laughs> of it was like, well, I don't really belong in this one because I'm at this level now. And I, you know, I should do the, I should do this next level of things. That's and funny. I saw the people that were in your, the program. And I was like, okay, like I just, I need, I need to do this. Like I need to just go for it. Um, because I was still kind of just coasting, like, definitely coasting. I was having decent months, nothing, nothing massive, like, but nowhere near the level that I wanted to be achieving. So what yeah. were you, what were you averaging prior to getting started in like, what was a good month before? Between like eight and 13 K months, generally okay. speaking. And sometimes a bit, uh, I had a few, like one or two lower months than that. And I was like, well, I'm at this, I'm at, you know, the six A rank, like I should be making like 20, 30 K months like that. This should be like, you know, yeah. So, it is was, that similar to what you were making in the Hamptons in the summer? Yeah. I mean, I was hitting like, I I would hit around 30, I would hit around 100, 100 to 150K in a summer season. And that would supposed to last you for the year? Yeah. Okay. So, so I can see the pressure of like make yeah. it in three months and have to spread it out over the year, right? Yeah. With, yeah. You know, okay. With three, kids, with three kids and a Hamptons, you know, a Hamptons mortgage, like, you know, a mortgage and car payment and then college education from, you know, I've got one, one kid out of college, one kid in college and then, yeah. So yeah, that's a lot. Definitely not. Yeah. Cool. So then you got started and what were your expectations when you finally pulled the trigger, decided to come into the mentorship? What was your initial experience like then with the blueprint? So I, I was just funny right before we hopped on, I started listening to the call. It was, I think the date was October 16th. So October was, the month that I wanted to run my, one of my Ucon legs to 6A. And I think I came into the month needing about 22 sales. And I think I came into the program 
the first week of October or the very end of September or whatever. And I was sort of looking at it and I was like, oh, this, you know, this is a lot like, sorry, there's a, the sun is starting that's to okay. set. Yeah, you're um, good. It was like 22 sales. Like that's a lot of sales. And, and, you know, I needed this volume and, and, and all this stuff. And, um, it was around October 16th. So it was midway through the month. I had maybe about seven or eight sales had come through my organization. I still needed about, I think 17 or 18 sales, um, to get to the volume. And, and it was mid month and it had been just kind of a slow month. And you, uh, you started talking about, you know, essentially collapsing timelines and like, why do you think, why do you think like 18 sales is a lot? Like you could do that in a day. Like, you're like, why do you think like success loves speed? And you just said a few things that I was like, okay, okay. Like, I'm just going to listen. I'm not, you know, like no pressure. And, uh, and literally that the, the, you know, October 16th, that was the call. And then I had kind of, I will say that even after that call, I was still like hemming and hawing, like, is it going to happen this month? If it doesn't happen this month, it'll happen next month. You know, like, and then something around like October 20th, October 27th or so, <laughs> I had a, I had like one or two uh, machine sales, customer sales, like they had given me their, you know, their information to purchase. And I was like, maybe I'm going to hold these until November and November will be my 6A run. And then I woke up on Monday morning with like two days left to go. And I was like October 30th. And I was like, fuck no, like I'm not going to hold sales. Like that's yeah. such a shitty mindset of like, I'm going to hold sales. Like, even if I don't hit the rank, I, I'll still generate, you know, still bring in this, this extra, you know, 6K in income, whatever. So I woke up that morning on Monday morning. I like texted my, my, my sponsor and I was like, I'm, I'm doing this. Like I'm doing this. And I wrote, I wrote it down. I brought in like, um, over 45,000 sales in the last two days of the month and like 17 K in income and, uh, yeah. And hit the rank. And amazing. Wow. And I was just like, it was, it was kind of like, it was almost like a, what I will say with you, it was like, I wasn't, I didn't necessarily implement anything that you said, but it was more like a transmission. You were like, yeah, oh, like. yeah, yeah. Which is sometimes exactly what somebody needs. Right. I've had yeah. a lot of those uh, situations myself too, where it's like just the moment, the way it's delivered exactly what you need that just activates and then you get it done. So sometimes that's exactly what you're looking for. So huge congratulations on your success. So that was the month that you had a 30, what was it? The final number, like $30,000 month or something? 32K with the bonus, with the 32K. Dang, that's like triple what you were making before. So that's been super, super cool to see you shining and, and getting off to a great start uh, with this next level that you've activated in yourself. And you were mentioning like you have some really big goals for 2024. Uh, so, so walk us through some of that. What's your vision now moving into the future? You've been in this for two and a half years. You've had a 30 plus K month already. You know, it's really, really exciting where you are in your particular journey along this business. But what, what do you see for the foreseeable future? Like the next, you know, next year, 2024, where would you like to be by the end of 2024? I'd like to be dash two, if not dash three, but I think I'm I'm calling in dash two for sure. I'll walk the stage in Japan as a six A two. So I now I've got to build like a, a kind of almost like a brand new leg up to six A by by June. Um, and then just activating my team. So like that that has become seeing it, you know, being in Vegas, um, seeing one of my mentors, Brooke, hit her first level of legacy rank and talking about wanting everybody to cross that stage. And, and for me, my team has been 
you know, calling in, calling in a lot of people and then, you know, just, they've been kind of slow, slow going. Sorry. If any of you are listening to this, any of my team, (laughs) it's part, it's part of the journey. uh, It's part of the journey. Yeah. But really like activating them. I hosted just like a little one day local um, team training for my team. I haven't done any, like I haven't hosted any retreats yet. So that has become something that now I'm really uh, I had them all come over like last month. It was, it was right after that 30 K month. So I had, I have like a good, a decent amount of local team, like 10 women that are local to me. So I had them all come over. We did a, you know, a little photo shoot and, and just, you know, connected, which was really amazing. Um, and so that's my goal for, for 2024 is really to see them all starting to hit their first 5k, 10k months and beyond get, you know, reach their goals and, and continue to just pull in a ton of directs and keep it going. It's amazing. And you're on the right, you're on the right path to do that. So it's super exciting. Yeah. And give up my summer, my summer, you know, give up my yoga gig. I want to sell all my paddle boards and sell the fucking trailer and be like, (laughs) somebody else is doing this now. I'm going to go myself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that's still, that's still something that you're doing in the summer months as of right now, but, but is yeah. 2024 the first year that you won't or, or the year after or when? 2024 might be the first year that I won't. It, okay. Well, that's yeah, so exciting. I'll talk to you about that in, in the blueprint. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. I'm like, okay, it's, it's, it's December and, and some, you know, there's a few things that need to happen for me to like not work this summer. I've worked my, you know, I've worked every summer since I was like 10 years old. Right. So like, I'm going to give you the strategy in our blueprint calls of how you go and just recruit <laughs> the whole Hamptons on your last summer rodeo before you're like, I'm out. <laughs> All right. Final question for today. It's been so awesome chatting with you. I just want to ask you, you know, you mentioned you were humming and hawing about investing in yourself and not finishing what you started. And then you finally did. And you had a serious 30 day ROI. Uh, financially speaking, and also other things. So what do you have to say to somebody who's listening right now, who's also humming and hawing about potentially investing in further access mentorship coaching for their business, for their life for 2024? What do you have to say to them? I would say, you know, do it. Like if you, if you, if you care about yourself and you, and you feel like, you know, you're committed to your dreams and your goals, like we need, I'm a huge believer in mentors and a huge believer in, like I said, like proximity is power and connecting with people who are where you want to be. Like there's Mm -hmm. no, there's no comparison for that. Like you could, I I feel like you could read, you know, I've got, if you look at my, in my house in East Hampton, I've got like 60 personal development books, money mindset books on my shelf. Like none of them have done what being able to just connect with people like you has done for my mindset and my ability, you know, my ability to believe in myself and just like take things to the next level. So it's, you know, when you feel like, you know, it's a stretch, like good, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that means you're on the right path. Like if it's out of your comfort zone, like good, that means like you're on the right path. Yeah. So that's what I would say like even getting to Vegas, like it's, it was my high season, like mid July. I'm like, what am I doing? I was giving up like 4k in income, 5k in income easily, um, by hopping on that plane and going to Vegas. And it's like, you know, sometimes like that is not, not even sometimes a lot of the time mm-hmm. that is what we need to do to get where we want to go. Yeah. So 
Yeah. That's massive. Thank you for sharing that. And I believe that when you stretch, it's like your activation for expansion. Like you have to stretch to expand. So you know that with yoga, right? There's if you're not stretching, you're not doing yoga right. <laughs> so thank you so much. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for your future. And I can't wait to do another update call when you have your first, you know, six figure month uh, with my coaching and the blueprint. And that's coming soon, I'm sure. So we'll do another uh, part two to this interview when that happens. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jess, for popping out, and I'll see you again Thank soon. You so much. Thank you. Bye, Thank you, everybody. everybody. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. I hope you found something useful here to help you unlock more freedom in your life. We're just getting started. So if there's something you want to hear or a guest you want me to have on the podcast, shoot me a message at the Diamond Life Mentor on Instagram and let me know. You can discover incredibly helpful resources and more ways to build your diamond life now at my website, bellagewcardos.com. At the end of the day, this is all about bettering yourself and helping others. So if you think you can help someone else by sharing this podcast, that would be the ultimate win for me. And of course, subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening.